Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and I'm excited to be back for a Friday morning episode, the fourth episode of the week. Make sure if you are tuning in for the first time, check out our other episodes this past, really the last couple weeks. Um, We had some great guests on earlier last week. We had Jennings Dunker and we had Zach Tweet, two recruits in the class of 2021. They were on the show Last week, talking about their recruitment, talking about Iowa football, all that fun stuff. We also had Mello from Bleacher Reports Stick to Football joining the show on Tuesday. Talked a lot about the Iowa football team and the expectations going in to the 2020 season, if we have the 2020 season. And then finally, we had Lucy Rodine on the show yesterday, talking about her ascension in Iowa media and, and kind of what her goals are and aspirations are uh, for her career. So make sure to check out that episode as well. On today's episode, though, we have lots of news to cover. The Hush Blackwell investigation has officially concluded, and we have gotten the report. Um, Kirk and Gary spoke to the media yesterday um, and talked a bit about the investigation, gave some really good tidbits. Um, I, I thought there were some really interesting points I wanted to take from that. We also have Luca Garza making a decision on August 2nd very soon. So we are going to find out possibly the destiny of the Iowa basketball team very soon. So we're going to talk a bit about his decision as well. We talked a little bit about it on Monday, but wanted to continue to talk through that. And then finally, uh, the NCAA has you know decided to allow social messages on jerseys. So we're going to talk about that too. Lots of stuff to cover on today's show. If you are tuning in for the first time and you do end up liking what you hear today, make sure to like, review, and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. And like I said, if you'd like it, give us that five-star review. So with that being said, let's hop into the show today. Um, we're going to touch on a few topics before getting into the Hush Blackwell um, conversation and obviously the Luca Garza conversation as well. Um, the meat of this episode is going to be in segments two and three. But before we do that, I want to kick it off um, talking about the WNBA. The WNBA is back in session. Why it should matter for Iowa basketball fans, we have two players in the WNBA. So that is very exciting. Unfortunately, not a lot can be said about this so far. Megan Gustafson has one point, I believe. Um, she has a game actually tonight against the Indiana Fever where she's going to be taking on Kathleen Doyle, who has not seen a minute of playing time yet. 
So Kathleen Doyle has not seen any playing time with the fever yet. Megan Gustafson, I've seen about two minutes of playing time. So not exactly ideal for her as well. She played a minute and 43 seconds in Wednesday night's game against the Liberty. She had one free throw made. She had a plus minus a negative two, and that was it for her stat line. Um, looking back on her other game before that, I believe it was just 34 seconds as well. So not a lot to write home about for the former All-American and player of the year for the Iowa basketball squad. So hopefully her and Kathleen can get some playing time in tonight's game in the Fever versus Dallas Wings. But um, from the looks of it, it doesn't seem like that is going to be happening also, like I said, on the kind of the roundup coming into the segment number one of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, social messages are going to be in for NCAA athletes. And that will be quite interesting. If Iowa Twitter has shown me anything, it is that there is quite a diverse opinion about what is happening in this country. Um, if Iowa Twitter has shown me anything in the comments and the, the feedback I've gotten in my DMs regarding my stance on on what is happening and the fact that I support the black athletes. I support, you know, I support the movement that is happening. I support Iowa athletes sticking up for that movement. Um, the fact that there will be social messages on jerseys, if they so choose, will be quite an interesting situation um, for Iowa fans who I think, you know, it, it, it's relatively, I wouldn't say split, but it definitely, there's definitely a divide um, between the fan base about what is, what is going on, what is, you know, racial bias, what is inappropriate, all that kind of stuff. So um, it'll be interesting to see what what athletes decide to utilize that platform. Um, I think the Iowa basketball team is really going to be a, a cool one to watch. Fran McCaffrey has really allowed that team to flourish with their personalities. The Iowa football team, as we all know, is kind of dealing with the aftermath of you know the Iowa way for the last twenty years and and trying to you know figure out what is appropriate to allow from a personality standpoint while also not ruining or limiting the the culture that the Iowa football team has built that has allowed them to be so successful. So um, definitely going to be interesting to see how they handle that as well from from that perspective. Uh, would be interested to get your all, y'all's takes on that. I think it's awesome. I think the NCAA is starting to realize that, you know, these, these athletes are more than just athletes. Uh, I think they have an incredible platform. Um, there's an audience that is sometimes different than some of the, the pro sports. And, you know, the NBA is already doing it, allowing those, you know, those messages to be posted on their jerseys. I think you know, the NFL is loosening up to the ideas of this kind of stuff. The NCAA doing this does speak volumes to at least them being willing to support the student athletes in, in you know, some way, shape or form. I think obviously they need to be paid as well and allow for the likeness, which the NCAA is working on. But Good for the NCAA. Um, that is going to do it, though, for segment number one. Again, not a lot of meat on that one, but I do want to get into our main topics for the show. Coming up on segment number two, why Luca Garza might not stay with Iowa and what it would take, I think, for him to, to stay and what it would mean for the Iowa basketball team. So that'll be coming up on segment number two of the show before we hop into segment number three of the Hush Blackwell investigation. Before we draft, though, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Um, do you know what kind of car you have? Do you know what kind of Subaru you have or Chevy? Um, I certainly don't, and it can be awkward going into a car parts store where not only do they probably not have the parts, but they ask me a bunch of questions I don't know, and it gets a little bit embarrassing. The best part about this, though, now you don't have to do that. 
Go to rockauto.com. It is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all your auto and body part needs from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And most importantly, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we are back with segment number two of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Jumping into the Luca Garza discussion. He is making his decision on August 2nd. It sounds like there is the opportunity where he, you know, theoretically could delay. He doesn't need to make the decision until August 17th, but he has decided to make that decision August 2nd. Um, and, you know, I have no idea which way he is going. Uh, you know, obviously his dad is very active on Twitter and Frank Garza did post this, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, after Luca Garza said, love you, brother. I'll remember this moment forever in regards to a picture that Nicholas Bayer posted with him and Luca. Frank said this. Should there be a basketball season, and if number 55 returns, it'll be the love for each other, coaches, university, and Iowa that will propel the Hawkeyes to a Final Four and national champs. That's my belief, marrow deep. However, should never could, and Luca must deeply examine every scenario. That is oddly ominous. Um, and I think, you know, to me that makes it seem like, you know, he might not even be sure. Luca Garza is trying to figure out what he's doing, um, what he's going to be doing next year. And I think it's starting to get even trickier. Um, and here's the reason why. The big thing is, what if there isn't a basketball season next year? I personally think if there wasn't that concern that there wouldn't be a basketball season next year, Luca Garza would be coming back. However, he has now been invited to the NBA Combine. All right, so that's important. That's a huge opportunity if they have the NBA Combine. A huge opportunity for him to showcase his development over the last couple months since the basketball season has ended the guy has picked up 20 pounds of muscle has really been working on improving the weak spots of his game the combine is an opportunity to go against some of the guys that you know people covet so much and i think luca garza's skill set from the from an outsider's perspective looks like a european skill set but i do think there's a place for him in the nba when you have a guy that works so tirelessly and relentlessly like luca garza does has that size at 611 frame or 275 pounds and can shoot a three, that is a tantalizing skill set that an NBA team could make work of, um, especially if they're able to get him in the second round. So I do think there's an opportunity for him in the NBA at some point, but how much of that development will be shown in the NBA combine if he is in, or if he does actually go and does not um, decide to return on August 2nd. 
The issue, though, again, he has the opportunity. If the NBA doesn't want him or doesn't need him for whatever reason, which I think would be a miss, um, he can go overseas to Europe. It sounds like he has plenty of offers on the table. The European countries are doing fantastic compared to, to from America's standpoint um, with COVID. I have a buddy who plays in a band in Greece kind of traveling around for weddings and whatnot. They're not wearing masks. They're having a great time because they handled the coronavirus effectively when it happened. And from a basketball perspective, they can do, you know, they can play right now. We have guys going over there right now, getting ready to play for next season. That's exactly what Luca Garza could do. Go make some money. And while that, you know, obviously the goal is the NBA and European leagues is not exactly what Luca is shooting for. He's shooting for the NBA. And in theory, you could say, well, that'll always be there next year. And you're absolutely right. It should be in theory there next year. However, what if there isn't a college basketball season? If Luca returns for a college basketball season, what does he do at that point? If there is no college basketball season, and don't tell me that you think there is for sure going to be a basketball season. Look at what is happening in the MLB. The Marlins have had to cancel a couple of the, a couple of their games because they you know they had some breakouts of COVID. The Phillies had some issues with COVID as well, so they are you know delaying some games as well. That is just the MLB. This the NFL is trying to figure out what the heck they're doing. They don't really have the best safety protocols in place. Players are dropping out like flies. Um, obviously, college sports I think is up in the air. If they cannot have in-person classes, I find it very difficult to imagine they're putting student athletes in harm's way and putting them on campus. Even the Iowa basketball team um, just had two people test positively for COVID and they are on quarantine for 14 days and shutting down practice. So um, I think college basketball probably has a better chance than college football just because of the limited amount of teams or the limited amount of players, excuse me, on those teams. But it's still, it's still a concern. We still don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and I think that is the ultimate unknown. Luca could return and they could not have a season when he just missed out on the possibility of having an NBA contract or a European contract. He could have missed out on a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars he could be making overseas. I don't know what those contract details are, but that is very tempting to pass up. Now don't get me wrong, if there is gonna be a basketball season for sure, I do think Luca would return. I think he's doing what he should be doing. He should be getting that that analysis and that feedback from the scouts about what he needs to improve on his game. However, it's kind of tough when we're in the middle of a, a pandemic and he's not able to get some of that feedback. And ultimately, I do think another year in Iowa system going against some of the best players in the Big Ten and improving on some of those weaknesses, we could be talking about Luca Garza as a fringe first-round prospect next year. Um, he's that talented. He's that hard of a worker. If he takes Iowa to a Final Four or better yet, wins a national championship, you better believe he's going to be on NBA radars and at least getting first round consideration. Hell, Adam Morrison was a number three overall draft pick. Luka Garza has a better skill set than Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison was a three-point shooter, and that was it. Um, he couldn't defend. He couldn't really do much else. And the dude had a nasty mustache to add on top of that. So I think Luka Garza, if he were able to return, would have a great opportunity to elevate his stock as an NBA player. And I think if Luka returns, the Iowa basketball team is very much in a position to have the best squad they've ever had, the deepest squad they've ever had and a squad that most teams should be incredibly concerned about. I did a crossover show with Asher Lowe of the Locked On Badgers podcast. He seems to think that the Badgers are the team to beat in the Big Ten. He's wrong. Uh, let's just call it, it. It is what it is. You'll get that crossover episode next week. Uh, he thinks you know the Badgers are the team to beat. I think if Luka Garza returns, the Iowa Hawkeyes are not just the team to beat in the Big Ten. 
but the team to beat in the nation. No team returned that kind of experience and that kind of talent. Joe Wieskamp is a guy who's been flirting with the NBA. Joe Toussaint is a point guard that Iowa has been coveting for so long. Patrick McCaffrey, a four-star recruit who can defend four different positions. The versatility here is just absurd. And then adding Luka Garza, what, who should have been the, the player of the year. Um, man, what a team to have. So we will get that decision, though, hopefully on August 2nd, unless you know Luka decides to push that back, which is totally understandable. Whatever he decides, I wish him the best. I'm super excited to see his career continue to develop, and we will cover that on Monday's episode of the show. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to jump into the most important topic of the day, the Hush-Blackwell investigation and the Kirk Barons and Gary Barda conference and what they had to say yesterday. All right, we are back with our third and our final and probably our most important segment of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast today. This is what we've been waiting for the last two months, ever since James Daniels sent out those tweets and you saw the outpour of concern and experiences from many athletes within the University of Iowa program, um, you know, talking about racial bias and issues with not understanding if they, you know, not feeling like they can be themselves in the program. And, you know, the, the consideration of whether the Iowa way was racially biased or not. Um, since James did that, obviously there's been a ton of things that have happened since then. Kirk has spoken to the media multiple times. They've had, it seems like, some really great conversations within the program already. Um, they've made some changes. They formed a committee of former athletes so they could you know, continue to advise on this. And there's been an outpouring of uh, opinions from the Iowa football community, the Hawkeye Nation fan base, about what was right, what is wrong, and what truly should be the response going forward. One of the things that they decided to do, though, was they hired Hush Blackwell to perform an investigation or an audit of the program, speak to a ton of different players and coaches and whatnot, and try to figure out um, what is going on and, and make recommendations going forward. And so I'm going to talk a bit about some of those recommendations and give kind of my thoughts and feedback, also give some feedback on the news conference itself. I thought there were a few really telling things, specifically Akram Wadley and what Kirk had to say about that. That was probably the most telling piece to me, um, his response to other athletes' criticism and his response to specifically Akram Wadley's criticism, which I thought was quite interesting and obviously want to make sure that we're going to be covering that on here. So, first of all and foremost, um, it sounds like they have interviewed, and you, by the way, you can find this report on the University of Iowa website. You can find it in my tweets as well on Locked on Iowa podcast. Uh, or Locked on Iowa, excuse me, on Twitter account. Make sure to check that out. Very important. Um, to I think if you can, read that. Um, so check that out. Okay, so let's get into it. It said, we interviewed 111 individuals, 45 current and 29 former members of the football team, and 36 current and from former employees. Um, they went through a very large kind of evaluation of what the Iowa way was, what the background information was, and obviously what the recommendations were given everything. And, and really... I would say there, there's no big bombshells or no big breaking news from this investigation. It's a lot of what you know we've heard from players already. Um, the fact that the Iowa way might be racially biased. The fact that some of the things that they do within the program do not allow for individuality within the program. Um, and you know some concerns that they have brought these things up and Kirk hasn't done stuff about it right now. So I thought that was really interesting. Again, the fact that there wasn't anything majorly shocking was was i think a, a good thing 
the fact that we've kind of aired a lot of these things already, we are aware of them, and Iowa is working on those things. Um, they also mentioned complaints about uh, three employees um, currently in the system. It sounds like, obviously, one of those was Chris Doyle. He's already been gone, so that is good to know. They've already made those changes. They have not recommended the release or the firing of those other coaches. Um, it sounds like that is going to be handled internally between the Iowa football program. Gary Botta does have, you know, does support the fact that those players or those coaches are staying on. My guess is based off of what we've seen from other players' tweets that they are specifically talking about Brian Ferentz and Seth Wallace in regards to um, the coaches that were, you know, specifically called out from the investigation. So that to me is very interesting um, that they are, you know, there was not, it sounds like enough to warrant getting rid of them. It sounds like Kirk feels like he can address those concerns um, internally within the program. Uh, from, you know, looking at it from a football perspective, that's great for the Iowa football program, having the, you know, continuity with that, the offense, having a new quarterback being broken in, um, that is really great for the Iowa football program from an offensive perspective. Um, but again, the most important thing here is is what is right. And it sounds like Push Blackwell did not feel like it was ne you know a necessity to get rid of those coaches. And you know they did a great unbiased job, in my opinion, of investigating the entire program and what um, needed to happen. So that was you know good to hear. Um, they also did not recommend Kirk Ferentz being fired, and I thought that was a really interesting. Um, position because Kirk has taken some heat. You know, he is the head honcho of the program. He has allowed this to happen. Whatever you want to say about Kirk. I, I think Kirk is an incredible man. I think there was some um, blind ignorance, I guess, to what was going on and maybe, you know, just wasn't taking some of these things seriously. And he has even admitted that, that he should have taken some of these things seriously. He has dropped the ball a few times, but he is trying to make the changes. So that to me was important to see that how long, um, that last, I think, is something that some current, some former players are concerned about. You know, they're saying some of the comments were they're, you know, they like the changes so far. However, they do not feel like or they're not sure if it's going to continue up. Is this just a facade until things blow over or is this something that's going to continue going forward? I would like to believe in Kirk that this is something that is going to continue throughout the program and be a, a program changing moment for the Iowa football team to um, understand how they can combine the, the appropriate pieces of the Iowa way while also allowing the individuality and allowing players to prosper, not just as football players, but as people within the program. So I think, you know, I, I want to give Kirk that chance. I think um, obviously Gary Barta does as well. A couple things I thought were interesting though. So Gary and Kirk spoke to the media. Kirk again took said that this is on him. It is his opportunity to change the program. He's going to do that. And, you know, the Hush Blackwell investigation said the same thing. The one thing I wanted to cover, though, was specifically geared towards Akram Wadley and his mother's comments. Kirk was heated about this. Um, very clearly did not agree with what Akram Wadley said. And I thought that was interesting because throughout this entire process, you know, Kirk, Kirk has really said that I thought, you know, how do I explain this in a way? Kirk has really said that he, he felt like he should be taking responsibility for this. He felt like he is listening to these players and a lot of these, you know, concerns are, are being heard. Right. But for Akron Wildly, he basically said that that's garbage. He thought all, you know, all those allegations were adamantly untrue and that he is actually, he was actually having great conversations with Akram and his mother up until the end of May until some of this stuff kind of came out. So um, he adamantly disagreed with that. And, 
you know, I've tried to take the approach of, of being on the side of the players until proven otherwise. However, I will say privately with, you know, conversations with my friends and whatnot, I have not really felt that inclined to agree with Akram. Um, it felt very much like a, a, a scapegoat for him not making it in the NFL and whatnot. Um, some of the comments he made about being forced to eat or taking away his meal card, I just thought was a little bit bogus, and, and Kirk even said as much. So um, I, I stand by the Iowa football players and what they're saying, but the Akron Wadley stuff, it was tough for me to stand by regardless. And then having Kirk come out and so adamantly defend himself in regards to that um, does make me believe that you know there is some truth to what Kirk is saying and maybe um, over-exaggeration or, or uh, you know what, what Akron is saying. I think... You know, Akram has really kind of hurt his perception within the Iowa football community over the last um, couple months, especially with kind of the football stuff going on and him, you know, ripping people off with with footballs and autographs, not actually giving them that kind of stuff. So I thought that was really interesting. One thing that was also shared by players is that they felt like Chris Doyle might have been the scapegoat to an extent of, you know, systemic issues in the program and, and, and racism within the program. Um I, you know, there, there does have to be a fall guy. And Chris Doyle seemed to be the guy that was really the head of that. Um, I, I am, I'm a little shocked that there's no one else leaving. Let's, let's be honest, call it is what, you know, it is what it is. It wasn't just Chris Doyle. I think the fact that this was allowed was also concerning. Um, it sounds like a, you know, current coach or might even be a former coach had actually brought up a lot of these concerns three to four years ago. And it didn't seem like any changes were made. Um, so that, that is really concerning to me that, there weren't, you know, there were not uh, obvious changes made in the last couple of years. The fact that Kirk did change the dress code is a step in the right direction, but not even in the realm of what was needed, um, given the the concern that was being expressed by his former players. So, that being said, um, the Hush Blackwell investigation did come out. Make sure to follow that, um, read that, you know, read read up on it, see what it says. I thought it was really enlightening to read that. If you have an opportunity, check out the news conference, the press conference that Gary Barta and Kirk Ferentz had yesterday afternoon. You can find that on the Iowa Hawkeyes YouTube account. My opinions are here. I highly recommend you, again, reading those items, forming your own opinions, and checking out some of the other media members as well, getting their insight. I think it's important to kind of be a well-rounded individual when it comes to formulating your opinions on this subject, since it is such a sensitive subject. But May, wanted to make sure I covered that. Obviously, big breaking news that, that happened and, and dropped out. So want to make sure I covered that on today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. That will do it for our show today. That will do it for our fourth and final episode of this week. We'll be back on Monday morning with another episode, probably detailing what happened with Luca Garza. And again, if you liked what you heard today, please make sure to like, review, and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at. Give us that five-star review. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, if you have any comments or questions about the show today, always feel free to DM me, um, chat with me about it. I'm always happy to, to talk about your concerns, criticisms, or comments, feedback, whatever it may be about the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. That being said, have a fantastic Friday. Have a fantastic weekend, Hawkeye Nation. Stay safe out there. And as always, let's go Hawks. Hawks.